0: Well, Merry Christmas, y'all. Tis the season, right? Amen. Really? Merry Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas! Yeah, there you go. All right. That's it. Now, uh, a lot of times we'll hear like on the news or around town or from friends and family and stuff like that, and and, and I agree with it. We should keep Christ in Christmas, right? Um, the, The problem with that, though, is that you can't take Christ out of Christmas, uh, now, as far as uh, he is the Christ, and so the whole point of it. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, you know, technically, Pastor, this was a, an old pagan holiday that then you know Christians have now redeemed, and and I'm not saying you're necessarily wrong about that, but my my point in that is this: the reason it has been redeemed, the reason we call it Christmas now, is because of Christ, and it just speaks to the truth that he came, he was, he was a real historical figure who really lived, who really died. And our Bible tells us who is really resurrected and who really is the Son of God. And so as we think about searching for Christmas this year, I just want to start by talking about this messy love. And I hope that you've experienced this messy love. I know that you've experienced mess in your life, but I hope, I hope that you've also experienced messy love and the messy love of Christ coming to you personally. And we see that in John chapter 1. And so I'm going to read the text with you this morning. I mean, you don't have to read it, but I'm gonna put it on the screen. Hopefully you have a copy of God's word you can read in there. And I I wanna read it, and then I want to go through it with you. Can we do that this morning? And so this is what the word of God says. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Let's pray. God, our Father in heaven, we thank you for this word in John. God, I pray that you would help me to preach this word in a way that brings you honor and glory. And I pray that you would forgive me for falling short of the depth of these truths this morning, of this glory this morning. God, I pray that you would be with our hearts and our minds, that this scripture passage is so pregnant with doctrine and theology and of things worthy of praise, that you would help us to not only listen with ears that hear, but prepare our hearts to receive this glorious word. And please allow it to stick in our minds that we might be able to meditate it on, on, on it on our own, apart from just this morning, and we might just give you the praise and the glory that you are due to this wonderful text. So, God, be with us now as, as we look at it, as we dissect it, as we seek to uh, pull it apart and apply it. We ask that you would be glorified. Um, and, and it's in your name, the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord and King, we, we pray. Amen. So, spoiler alert. I think, I know. Uh, if you have a copy of God's word, and, and if and if you're not, first of all, I just want to encourage you, if you have your own copy of God's word, don't do this in the pew Bibles, please. Unless you want to take it home. You can take it home, by the way. So if you don't have a, your own copy of God's word, take a pew Bible home, okay? Uh, but if you have your own copy with you, you can underline in that, and I, and I hope that you do. You can underline, you can highlight things, you can write notes in the margins and all those kind of things. Um, and so verse 14 of this section 1 through 18 is really the crux of this of today's whole message about messy loves messy love and so I, I want to give you some some points I want to give you five truths I want to give you uh, one message and I want to give you uh, two responses okay and so as we go through this we're gonna we're gonna go through this uh, kind of verse by verse now that we're familiar with it And the first thing I want to give you is five truths. So if you're a note taker, that's your first note. That's your first blank in there, five truths. And so I want to call your attention then to uh, the first couple verses here. It says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So here's some truths. Here's the first truth that I see in this is firstly this, the word is God. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, duh, pastor, but it's important that we understand that. Uh, In John's gospel here, uh, he begins this the same way that Genesis begins. Did you know that Genesis is actually beginning, right? That's why we call things the Genesis of, of whatever. But in the beginning is the first words of that book, and it is no accident that John begins his gospel this way, and he ties it to this, and then the very first act that we see in the book of Genesis is God actually speaking and saying, Let there be light. And so you see these themes that John picks up on, and he carries these all throughout his gospel. And he starts with this In the beginning was the Word. Before he came in flesh, John calls Jesus the Word. This is glorious. And the reason this is glorious is because this is God in communication. This is God expressing himself. From the foundations before anything was laid was God, and God said, Let there be light. So the first way, the first way that God interacted with anything outside himself was through his word. Colossians 1.19 says, For in him all the fullness of God is pleased to dwell. John 14.10 says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The, The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. See, it is fundamental to John that the word is not to be included among created things with all the fullness of these meaning of these words that they can hold, the word was. He is seen as greater than all things, greater than all time, changeless as eternity. But really the high point of these verses is, is, is reached in the third affirmation, the word was God. Nothing higher could be said about the word than that statement. All that may be said about God is fitly to be said about the word, and yet somehow separated from God. Because it says in the beginning it was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So it's, it is God, but also it's different than God. And so we have already here the marks of the Trinity beginning to be formed in John's theology as he walks us through the book. The second of these five truths is, All that is not God was created through this word. And so we see that in this next section here. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. So this God, this word, is the creator. All things made through him, there is not anything that exists, either seen or unseen, that ever could ever have its being outside of his will to create it. So basically, what I'm saying is, already in John's Gospel, we see that apart from Him, apart from the Word, existence is impossible. Life is impossible. Hebrews one two says, "But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom He also created the world." Colossians 1.16, for. By him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And then in one of his most famous statements, the one that uh, almost got him stoned and, and killed before his time on the cross, was Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And so just in these first three verses, we see that this word is separate from God, but is God. It was in the beginning, all things were made through this word, and then so that brings us to the next uh, verse that I want to take you to, which is verse 14, which I talked about at the very beginning of this, which says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And this is where the title of the sermon comes in, because this is messy. This word became flesh. This word was made to be flesh, existed as God and with God before he was born as a man on earth. And so this God humbled himself to the point of taking on flesh. of lessening himself to the point of participating in his own creation. Uh, Philippians 2.7 says, But he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Or Psalms 8.4. What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? And then not that I'm adding to Scripture, but as you put these things together, then we might conclude then, so what is man that you're mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him, but also what is he that you would then become like him? with everything that that entails. Now, I'm going to say some things in just a second, and I need for you to understand that I am in no way degrading the glory of Christ. But as a baby, Christ had to have his diaper changed. As a, as a man, he functioned just like any of us. He was sweaty at times, He bled at times, he cried at times. He was as human as we are. I don't know about you, but how many of you, I I mean, my life's messy. I have emotions and feelings that I have to deal with. Um, I have a wonderful wife, but we don't always see eye to eye, so we have relationships that we have to deal with. We have people who aren't in relationship with us that we have to deal with. Co-workers, family members, extended family members. I mean, do you remember Jesus' life? He, he was in the middle of preaching and people came to him and they were like, Jesus, you've got to come home because we all think you're crazy. Basically, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He had people that walked with him for years and then turned their back on him. Imagine the emotional pain that Jesus was going through as Peter was denying him and he knew it was going to happen. Imagine the emotional pain of Jesus being betrayed in the garden by the form of an affection. Imagine the emotional pain that Jesus was going through as he saw his beloved mother having to watch him suffer and die. You see, humanity is, I mean, we're, we're a mess. And even if your own life is pretty clean, so to speak, look at the world around us. I mean, are you, are you following the news lately? And they're not even really, in regular news, they're not even telling us everything that's going on around the world. There is famine, there is pestilence, there is war. Of course, we know about the war, right? But there's other unrest. There's human trafficking. There's misuse and abuse of alcohol and other substances and and people. There is slavery still happening today. Humans are a mess. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And John goes on, and so we must too, in verse four and five, it says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Praise the Lord for that. So this word made flesh has life in and of himself. We talked about that already in the first verse there, but he clarifies that here. But not only life, he has light and he becomes the light of man. He is life and light, the living power to see and all that satisfying splendor to be seen belongs in Christ Jesus. The gospel constantly associates life with the word. He came so that people might have life and have it more abundantly in John 10.10. He died so that people might have everlasting life john three sixteen he gave his flesh for the life of the world john six fifty one Only those who eat his flesh and drink his blood have life john six fifty three fifty four similar only those who come to him have life john five forty when he gives his life, people perish no more john ten twenty eight twice he said that he is life eleven twenty five and fourteen six. you can just assume that i'm in john unless i tell you otherwise the first recorded words of god are let there be light genesis 1 3 and in this chapter the word is the source of that light all light we have whether we walk in it or turn our backs on it we owe to this word i think we sometimes gloss over that too do you know the word likes to tell us, or our America likes to tell us, you know, you live your truth, I'll live my truth. I hope this morning that you understand how foolish that is, but if you don't, I, I want to tell you there are some things that are true, and those things are true only because Christ Jesus made them to be so when he not only created things, but also he is the definition of what is true. Now, I don't think I said it above, but Jesus himself says that I have come into the world as light, so whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Now, we know that John is going to get there because of what he says in this verse that we have in front of us. In him was life, and the life was a light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's one of the glorious things, I think, that we see in creation, even about outer space. Are you familiar that they shot out this new like telescope? I don't know what it's called. Um, I'm going to call it Hubble too because I don't care. Uh, What it's called, Uh, but you know what I'm talking about, right? The Hubble Two that they shot out there, and sometimes, uh, sometimes on the news, they'll they'll show you these wonderful pictures that Hubble Two brings back, right? And uh, they'll kind of you know wax eloquent about it for a while, and then they'll continue to talk about whatever they're talking about. But one of the things they keep saying is, is, you know, these light travels so fast. I don't know what the speed of light is. I'm sure my kids do because their mom does a good job, but it's fast, right? Thank you. for so- it's, it's pretty quick, right? And so what they're saying is, is we're actually, they say this stupid thing. I hate that they say this. We're actually getting a picture. Uh, we're actually traveling back in time with these pictures because we're seeing light as it, as it was, you know, thousands or billions of years ago because of how fast it travels and how far it is. All that does is show me that this word of God is true because there is a lot of dark out there in space and apparently the light is still seen. And the same is true for us. And so the encouragement that we can have just by this verse alone, brother or sister, is that this life may be messy, it may be dark, but it says right here that this light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And Jesus himself says that they will not remain in the darkness. And so for our last of our five truths, before we, or I, seek to try to help us apply this for us this morning, is in 16 and 17. It says, for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And this is where John finally gets to it, where he actually puts a name to this word all throughout here, and I've been assuming that you understand this because we're a Christian church, we're talking about Christ, but here is where the rubber meets the road in his gospel, where he says, listen, this word that is God, this word that creation took place through, this word that then humbled itself, this... this This word that is God, but also is separate from God, contains all the power of God, is the instrument that God uses to create everything, and still is God, that became flesh, and it was actually here among us. And as you read through this, he's intending for you to say, okay, uh, okay, well, well, who is this? And then he goes on, he says, in fact, this word that came and dwelt among us in this word is life and is light. And outside of that, there is no life. And then we're like, okay, well, well then who is this, John? And he finally tells us that this word is Jesus Christ. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then a long time after, in human terms, Acts 4.12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And here's why this love is messy. Because Jesus was born to die. This God, this word, this creation-making, light-giving, life-giving God humbled himself to become one of us in all the mess that we have and then took on our mess, like personally and individually. God in Christ on the cross took all of your mess and all of mine. He, In, in fact, he took all of the mess of all of the world, of all those who would believe. So not just in this room in Allegan Bible Church this morning, but Anyone on the entire face of the globe, and not only that, but not just the people who were born and who lived at that time or that time forward, but throughout all of human history, from Adam and Eve all the way through, till when the Book of Revelation is finally put down because everything has been accomplished. He takes sin. He takes wrath. He gives righteousness and absorbs unrighteousness. That love is messy. And so remember I told you I was going to give you five truths. Those are the five truths, and this is then the one message. Oh, I didn't change my slide. You can write whatever you want then. It's one man or one message. Either work, you'll understand why. In my notes, it's one message, so write that, I guess, if you want. But there was a man sent from God whose name was John. See, it works either way. It's John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. This is the message, beloved. The message is this one man. So this is messy love. It's messy not only in its original form and its interaction, it's messy because of who delivers it. I am a depraved, sinful person. And it's only through Christ Jesus that I have any hope at all. And Adrian Rogers, one of my favorite preachers, Adrian Rogers said this, and so I've, I've, I've stole it because it's, it's just a gem of wisdom. He says, I wouldn't trust my best 15 minutes to get me into heaven. The only thing I would change about that is, uh, Adrian, I probably wouldn't trust my best five. And we can even go farther than that. But you see, John, this deliverer of that message is no different than me. This John who wrote this gospel is equally as sinful and depraved as I am or as you are. And yet he wrote this message. He gives us this word, so this man brings this witness. He says here, he came to bear witness about the light. And the reason he did that, the reason that he came to bear witness about this light, is because it says in verse 6, he was sent from God. So apparently, God is about the business of giving us messy love. And he delivers that message of messy love through messy people. And he does that, as John says, that so all might believe through him. Not through John, but through Christ. That's the message of the gospel. I mean, do you the message of the gospel is messy. So, so you're telling me, pastor, or, or you're gonna tell your friends and your family as you meet with them during Christmas or as you invite them to Christmas Eve service, or they're going to hear as they come to Christmas Eve service and you're going to hear for the next three weeks as we uh, cover this sermon series about searching for Christmas that we're going to continuously hear. You're telling me that the God who is perfectly satisfied in his own self, never needing anything, created us simply because of his overabunding love and desire to create, and also because he knew in his sovereign will that it would maximize his glory of which he is due all glory. And so he created this reality of which we exist in with everything that's part of it, so that he could maximize his glory in sending his son to take on our filth, our wrath, that we deserve out of his righteous anger and that in, in exchange for that, he gives us his righteousness. And that, that really the, the only thing required of us And the only thing, the reason that this is the only thing required of this is because, in truth, this is the only thing that we can bring to the table is that we would simply believe and and accept that gift. And his word teaches us that the only way that we can actually believe and receive that gift is actually by his own spirit anyway. So we, in and of ourselves, actually, truthfully, can do absolutely nothing, even the way that we believe is given to us by this Holy Spirit. And so literally, nothing in my hands I bring, only to the cross I cling. Man, that is messy because I don't know about you, it's much cleaner for God to just say, hey, you screwed up, I forgive you. No sacrifice necessary. Or it's much cleaner for God to say, hey, you screwed up, you're done. We're starting over. Or it's much cleaner for God to say, hey, you screwed up, you got to earn it back now. Here's the steps. But what's messy is that God took on flesh to, took, to take on your sin, to absorb your wrath, so that you might receive his righteousness and dwell with that God. That's messy love. Which brings us to our, our final fill in the blank. The slide is right on this one. You're welcome. Which brings us to John's two responses. And this is what it says in John 1 10 and 11. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. Yes. (laughs) Correct. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But here's the other response. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so today's message is no different than any other message. Aside from you have the opportunity again today and every day that you wake up to respond in one of these two ways. That is also why this love is messy. This would be very clean if God would have made it so he would have said, hey, look, you screwed up, so I'm gonna provide this sacrifice and then everybody's just gonna believe it and you're just gonna give me glory because I'm God and I deserve the glory, so I'm just gonna force you like little automaton robots to do exactly what I say and then we're gonna do that. But real love gives choice. And so God gives you the choice. He gives humanity the choice. He gives your brothers and your sisters, your aunts and your uncles. He gives your children. He gives you choice. He says either you can accept this word of the Lord that in other places in scripture says is is foolishness to this world, That people think that it is a mistake or stupid or doesn't make sense. Or you can receive this word, this God man. You can believe that, and then you can become a child of God. And that's why love is messy, because it has to provide for choice even though God knows in his sovereignty that some are going to not choose him. And so as we think about Christmas, as we think about searching for Christmas, as we think about applying this message, Christ's willingness to show a messy love to you by being born into humanity should empower us, should encourage us to share that messy love with the other people around us and understanding that just as John, (coughs) all we are being asked of is to give this message and understand that we give this message in love and that then the choice is theirs. just like this morning, the choice is yours. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, now I want to tell you, (coughs) you probably know this about me if you've been coming for any length of time. I I listen to audio books. Um... And so I want to be very clear with something this morning. Just because you're a member of Allegan Bible Church and you've been a member for 28 years or whatever, doesn't mean that you're a Christian. Just because you prayed a prayer a long time ago at camp doesn't mean you're a Christian. Just because you were at some kind of a concert or revival meeting or something, and you stood up and came forward down the aisle and somebody prayed over you, doesn't mean that you're a Christian. So unfortunately, I've been encouraged in the books that I've read and in the scripture that I read to make sure that I give you this messy love opportunity to make a decision Today. So today you have a choice. Perhaps you've already made that choice. But I want to encourage you, if there's any sliver of doubt in your mind, that today would be the day that you would make a choice. And I'm not going to call you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you to come forward. I'm not going to call you to to pray this prayer after me. Here's all that I'm going to give you is this. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he did so to absorb your sin on the cross and it's a free gift for you to choose should you allow his Holy Spirit to give you the gift of believing salvation. Your response is either twofold. To reject that because you don't know him and you will not receive him or to receive that because you do know him and become a child of God. And so I'm gonna take just a minute and I'm gonna ask that you, y'all, that we would respectfully bow our heads, close our eyes, and I'm going to provide you with just a minute of silence, and it's going to be uncomfortable because everybody's uncomfortable with silence, unless you're an introvert, then you're happy that we're silent. But I'm going to give you a minute of silence, and, and, and here's what I'm going to ask you to do. This is what is going to save your soul, if you believe it. And so I'm gonna give you a minute and I wanna force you to come to terms with this and for you to search your heart before a holy God and for you to have a response this morning. And that's between you and the word made flesh. It has nothing to do with me. So let's bow our heads and we're gonna close our eyes and we're just gonna sit here for a minute. God, our Father in heaven, <clears throat> as we are so often uh, surrounded by a world of darkness, as we are so often confronted with the darkness in our own hearts, and our own minds, God, we praise you that these truths of you are just that, that this word that you became flesh and dwelt among us, we thank you for being willing to enter into our mess and to give us that messy love of salvation that through that mess we might be cleaned up, that we might be fit to come before you, that you might even go so far as to call us your own children. So God, we praise you and we thank you for this, and I pray for anyone who's here this morning who either reaffirmed their relationship with you or... Who has, for the first day affirmed that relationship with you, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill this place, would fill each and every one of us, that we would be continuously seeking after you and your kingdom and your righteousness, that through this messy love that you would continue to, who has made a good work in us, see it through to its fulfillment and our perfection as we finally see you face to face. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for your coming. We thank you for the reminding of every year that you entered in to your creation to redeem it. And so it's in your name we pray, prayer of thanksgiving to you. And all God's people said, amen. Uh, I love you guys. And I, I pray that uh, sometimes I struggle. I tell my wife this. We can click off this so this isn't being recorded. Thank you. Um, sometimes I struggle with messages that I preach.